back to our podcast, and today we're going over some of the happy chemicals in our brain, dopamine and serotonin. So because of alphabetical order, we're going to start with dopamine, which is Annika. So dopamine, um, the chemical formula for dopamine is CHH11NO2. And um, if you want, I recommend you Google the structure of it so you have an idea. And also, you can probably find some 3D mo- models of it, which I find really fun to look at and interesting and helpful to kind of help visualize it because it's a more complicated molecule. It is one of the more simpler, um, like hormones or those type of chemicals. Or not, it's not a hormone. Like neurotransmitters? Or like, yeah, neurotransmitters. Yeah. I just know what serotonin is, so I was like, I'm mm-hmm. assuming. I think it's one of those. Um, yeah, it's, it's what, it has a more super structure, but it's still a complicated molecule for us to cover. So it is an amine, which means that it has a nitrogen in it. Um, and I talked about that in a previous podcast a couple of episodes ago, um, but it has a benzene ring in it, which is the six carbon ring with every other carbon bonded. It has two alcohols and um, across from one of those alcohols would be a, it would branch off into two carbons and also it would have a nitrogen at that branch. So dopamine, I think, is commonly known as one of your happy chemicals um, and probably most known for satisfaction, which is definitely what its kind of biological function is in terms of reward and motivation and finding an experience to be kind of pleasurable or desirable. It kind of helps measure the desirability of something like an action or a thing like chocolate is a good example because there's actually a chemical that mimics chocolate in dopamine in mimics dopamine in chocolate so it actually does trigger response in your brain of releasing that there are other kind of feelings as well um, which i found interesting um, because things like arousal and reinforcement and motivation and memory and attention those are all commonly thought of to be like more positive things but also I find it interesting that nausea also has a, a dopamine plays a role in the feeling of nausea as well, which is definitely not a pleasurable experience at all. So I found that pretty fascinating. In medicine or the medical field, um, dopamine can be used for certain treatments like treatment of low blood pressure or for kidney function, um, and that's typically given via an injection or like an infused solution, like so that the trippy thing that they use, they attach like a tube to you and then they drip the wire into drip <laughs> down the tube into your bloodstream. I have no idea what it's called, but I know what you're talking about, so you did a good job explaining it, but I also <laughs> yeah. have no idea what it's called. Mm-hmm. I, I like literally was trying to Google what it was called and it's like you know, the dripping thing, medical drip tube. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there are also some dopamine supplements as well, since it's typically given via, like I said, injection or like liquid. But there are some supplements or solid supplements um, 
and basically they're not dopamine dopamine they're more of stuff that helps the body produce dopamine and that's typically given by things like adhd since uh like stuff like movement and memory and attention span and that stuff for adhd people struggle with attention spans so obviously that can help you there if you want to improve your own dopamine production naturally no supplements basic things like generally just taking care of yourself can help you have more dopamine since it's one of your happy healthy mental health happy chemicals you know um so like getting enough sleep not getting enough sleep can be bad don't do that um exercise listening to music you know things that make you happy exposure to sunlight and like having a balanced healthy diet now there are also other ways that can increase your dopamine that are not as healthy like drugs because it triggers dopamine um also stuff like caffeine as well can trigger some dopamine as well um but things like nicotine and cocaine and like alcohol and so people can have addictions to that it's because since i said um, like i said dopamine kind of helps plays a role in how desirable something is and people have lots of dopamine being released from either smoking or they did have drink a lot of alcohol and that causes a lot of dopamine to be produced and then all of a sudden they don't have as much dopamine once they stop and so they're like wait now i don't feel as good because they don't have as much dopamine being released so then they go back and then they want you know you have this addiction that comes up so dopamine can cause some addictive tendencies because of that that's a not not a good that's a <laughs> that's like a con of dopamine um it's not all just happy, lovely, yummy chocolate. Yeah, so actually in the brain, since we're talking about that in a very haphazard manner, I apologize, but um, in the brain, when you, dopamine is, it, it's kind of a complicated chemical reaction. A lot of these are complicated. Um, so to kind of simplify it down as best as I could, you have, um, your starter compound tyrosine which is an amino acid um which is very similar to the structured dopamine it just has one alcohol and then it branches off to the nitrogen and there's also like a co2 ion on there as well and what happens is that um, compound that amino acid is undergoes a reaction that converts it to l-dopa which is basically the exact same thing but there's an additional oh group hydro hydroxyl group um, that is added and then what happens then is that is then decarboxylated so they take off the co2 ion on the same branch as the nitrogen and that gives you dopamine and this whole reaction takes place in the brain and also in the um, gastrointestinal gastrointestinal tract i can never say that which i found fascinating because that's like you know in your stomachy guts area 
which is not your brain, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, so to kind of wrap this up, some pros and cons of dopamine. We kind of talked about one con of the addictiveness of it as well already. But pros, obviously satisfaction. It increases your happiness and your motivation and your focus, which can be really good. Um, there's like these things that people do, it's called like dopamine detoxing, which I don't really understand. Basically, they like deprive themselves of all forms of dopamine satisfaction in an attempt to help re-regulate re re their dopamine levels. I didn't look that much into it because I thought that's weird and I'm not going to touch that. <laughs> I could never do that. But also, you know, it's addictive. And there's also, I find interesting that if you have this imbalance of dopamine, um, it can lead to many diseases or disorders. Like if you have too little dopamine, that can lead to Parkinson's, which is kind of a bad, not fun disease to have. You're kind of paralyzed. If you have too much dopamine, however, that can lead to things like schizophrenia and hallucinations and just pure mania and bad times. So that's about all I have for dopamine. So serotonin, your other happy chemical. It helps with mood regulation, you know, being happy, memory, digestion, sleep, and blood clotting, things like that. And I kind I wrote down each way that serotonin helps specifically, so it's actually pretty interesting how serotonin does not just work in the brain, it works everywhere else, like dopamine does. Like it also works in the gastrointestinal, I think is the tract is what you said. But the chemical formula is C ten H twelve N2O, which is, you know, fun. We're not going to do a lot. I didn't do a lot with reactions. But the way it helps with your mood is it just kind of, you know, goes to a receptor. The receptor's like, oh, you're happy. You feel happy. And what's interesting about this receptor is it's, a, it's like a target receptor for anxiety, depression, or other mood medications. So they'll give you something that goes into that receptor to make you feel happy, you know, because it thinks you have serotonin there. And then with digestion, serotonin helps regulate your appetite. So you're not hungry when you don't need to be when you're full. It's kind of like, okay, you're not really hungry anymore. Which I thought was interesting just because it's not, you know, it's not a digestion chemical. It's more, everyone thinks of it as a happiness chemical. And also, I didn't know this about dopamine, but Annika said it's related to, na to nausea and I also found out that serotonin is related to nausea, and it's produced when there is a bad substance because it, well, it helps to remove it from your gut or like your body somehow, which is why they're connected because it helps to get rid of the things that made you feel nausea. It's also why some serotonin supplements can make you nauseated. Some of the side effects of the supplements which you can take for serotonin are things like nausea. But it can also help with sleep. And what I actually thought was really cool is most people have heard of melatonin. If you haven't, it's a hormone that your body makes, you know, in response to darkness because it's like, okay, it's bedtime now. It's dark. We're going to make melatonin. It helps you sleep. And it also helps with your circadian rhythm, which is like this, which is this 24 hour cycle. Basically, so that you kind of know when morning is, when night is, when noon is, you kind of just know what time it is without looking at the time. Like, if I ask you, hey, is it morning or night, you're 
probably going to know the answer. And that, and melatonin also helps with that. But serotonin is actually needed to make melatonin. So if you have too much serotonin or too little serotonin, it can affect, you know, how much sleep you get because, you know, melatonin affects when, how much, and how well you sleep. Therefore, mel I mean, therefore serotonin affects when, how much, and how well you sleep. Other neurotransmitters like dopamine also play a key role in sleep, like serotonin, which is a neurotransmitter, which I did not mention earlier, but it is. The most interesting thing for me actually was that serotonin was that serotonin helps with blood clotting. So basically, blood clotting is when you get a cut or something, and then you get a scab or you stop bleeding as much. Like think about the thing I kind of wanted to relate this to was almost well, not relate, but I want to talk about hemophilia a little bit because it's a disease you can have where your blood does not clot. And it's very dangerous because if you get a cut, then you kind of just keep bleeding because your blood doesn't stop bleeding almost. I don't know how else to describe it. And so blood clotting is pretty much what stops it from continuously bleeding and you losing a lot of blood. Or when you get a bruise, that's sort of, that's internal bleeding. And it's what stops that from becoming, you know, a big, big, big problem. So when you get an injury such as, you know, a cut, your platelets, which are cells in your bloodstream that help clot blood, so you know you don't lose a bunch, release serotonin to heal the injury. And the serotonin causes very small arteries called arterioles, I believe is how it's pronounced, to shrink. So there are they're very small arteries, and then the serotonin causes causes them to shrink, which means that there is slower blood flow, which means that not as much blood is going through. And the narrowing of the arteries, which is, in case you were, in case you wanted to know what it was called, it's called vasoconstriction. And the slower blood, the, so the vasoconstriction and the slower blood flow are two very important steps in the healing process, which is why if you have something like hemophilia, where your blood doesn't clot and your, your arteries won't shrink as much, which causes you to bleed a lot, and you don't have anything that stops it from bleeding, it's very hard to heal if you get something like a large cut, whereas for normal people, it might still be harder, you know, to heal if you get a giant cut, but it's not as life-threatening. And, you know, serotonin is a happy chemical. It makes you happy. But low serotonin itself is not, it's not like, it's not, I don't want to say important enough, but low serotonin itself cannot cause mood disorders like depression. It needs, it can help obviously, because if you're, if you don't have your happy chemical, you're more likely to be sad, but it's not a sole reason for something like anxiety or depression or anything like that. And then in case you were wondering how to get serotonin because you thought, wow, these things sound really cool, you know, <laughs> um, you can get it from food, you know, certain kinds, just kind of, you know. And then exercise, bright light, which is basically, when I say bright light, I mean there's usually more serotonin in the summer and the fall in most people than in the winter because there's more sunlight, it's hitting you more, so it's causing you to have higher levels of serotonin. Supplements, things like that, massages, things that just kind of, you know, make you happy, just like dopamine. 
but a fun I had a couple of fun facts actually. I had one fun fact actually, not two. Or a couple. But anyway. <laughs> um you can actually get serotonin syndrome if you have too much serotonin. Which I thought was interesting. I don't know why. I just felt what's like that was a fun fact. What's serotonin syndrome? I didn't research it in detail, but I know it is, you just kind of feel sick. You kind of have nausea. Yeah. Oh, like that, yeah. Because, yeah, not like sick, mm-hmm. yeah, like that way. But yeah, you have nausea. You don't, you just don't feel good because your body's overloaded with serotonin. I would assume you don't sleep well because then the melatonin production's off. Yeah, all that. It's just a bad idea. Other so factors in the yeah. brain get usually from you know you taking too much of taking too much of the supplements just because mm-hmm. yeah so make sure you're on the right amount of serotonin if you are taking supplements <laughs> thank you for listening and we'll see you next week to discuss some more interesting chemistry topics <laughs>